right, you may be seated. Thank you, worship team. And uh, wasn't that a blessing this morning? Yes. Give it up for these guys. Well, welcome back. Welcome back to week two and in, you know, back in our live in-service gathering. And, um, and thank you for being here. And for those who are joining us online, thank you for being with us. And uh, by the way, if this is your first time with us, thank you for coming and being here. Uh, we had a number of first-time guests last week. I know we have some here today uh, after the end of the service. Um, I'll be uh, in the main lobby and, uh, and uh, right behind the cafe table, and I have a free gift to give to all of our first-time guests. I'd love to meet you real quick, and, um, and thank you for coming. Now, if you guys can, get your phone out. I want you to get your phone out here, and uh, I'm going to do it with you, and uh, this will help you. And uh, I got to dial the number. We put the number up here real quick. And uh, 586. Let's go ahead, guys. There we go. 586-800-0432. And uh, don't call it. I'm calling it. Don't call it. That's the wrong thing to do. Um, and uh, what you're going to do is you'll type the word program, which I did, and you'll get this little link. And... Uh, I want to make sure you get all the details of what's happening here. And uh, the connection card is one of the very first things you'll see. I encourage you to click on that link. Let us know that you are here in person at the 930 hour. And uh, that way we can communicate. If you're a first-time guest, this is a way to communicate as well. And let us know about your visit with us. And, um, and then you'll see uh, a number of things here as well. You'll see, um, you know, just the... You know, our student ministry meeting tonight. They had a great crowd last Sunday night, and they'll meet again tonight at 5.30. And uh, also, you'll see a, a, a link on, uh, somewhere down the line where you reserve your worship time for next Sunday. We ask you to do this for a while, so that way we can make sure we're not overcrowding. And, uh, and that's important for us to, to keep our space and, uh, here in the building. And um, so reserve your worship time. You can do that right now where you're at. You can click it on that link and say, hey, I'm, I'll be here next week. Now, maybe you can't be here next week. You're going to be out of town. Then you're, you're, we'll have that link for the following week later on. And uh, some of you are not subscribed to our text messaging service. And uh, we don't go crazy. We don't blow up your phone, but probably a few times a month. Uh, if there's something being canceled, if something happened and we need to shut down, we, we'll send a, an immediate text message. Or if there's a, a, a link, hey, don't forget to reserve um, any special, important, critical announcement. So basically take, you know, uh, this number and just subscribe. Subscribe. Just text the word subscribe, and we'll make sure you get on there. And uh, you'll see a couple of other things offering if you want to give online. There's a link there. We also have baskets. You know, we're not passing them out. We're not passing out baskets. And uh, But you'll see those baskets. Uh, there's one here and one out in the hallway, one out in the main lobby. You can give uh, either online or you can stop by the basket. Let me just say thank you for your generosity. You guys have been faithful in the way you've been given in the last four months. And, um, and thank you for, for uh, just being faithful. And uh, God has blessed us. He's taking care of all of our needs, all of our expenses. And uh, the mortgage, you know, we didn't have to call the mortgage and defer the payment. We, we just kept payment, you know, doing the payment. And uh, we've been able to take care of our staff and our leadership. 
and uh, keep things running. And children ministry, um, if you've been keeping up to our Facebook page almost every week, especially in the, in, the, in the height of the pandemic when the numbers were really high, almost every week we were uh, providing lunches and meals for um, uh, hospitals, nurses that were working on the COVID floors or nursing homes and retirement facilities in our area, uh, a couple of police stations. And on our front lines, we were just trying to be a blessing every week. And we were able to do that because of your generosity. And so thank you for just being, a, um, just being the hands and feet. And it was a little challenging to be the hands and feet during the quarantine, but we've been able to push through it and have been able to be a blessing in so many different ways. I want to jump back in a series called Reset. Reset. Uh, let me ask you a question. Have you ever been in the middle of watching your TV show and all of a sudden you lost power along with 15 other electronics in the house? Has that ever happened? You're like, what's going on? When you figure it out, you figure out that you have tripped, you have tripped the breakers. You trip the, you know, you have to find the few spots. You go downstairs and you know, remove the cobwebs in that corner that you barely go to, and, and 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 you have to reset. You have to reset the breakers, and 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 and, and we we have to ask ourselves the question: What caused the power failure? What caused the power failure? What happened? Why did the breaker trip? I'm I'm reminded, I'm reminded of a time. Uh, we were, my wife and I, we were just brand new, newlyweds, and uh, we, we were up here visiting from Florida, you know, that's why I was working in, in Pensacola, and uh, we come home to visit mom and dad, and we decided that we would um, take a side trip, I take Karen, my wife, to Niagara Falls, and, and she's never seen Niagara Falls, and she thought, you know, I thought that would be a, a good little thing for her to see. And, and uh, so we drive through Canada, you know, we take the shortcut, right? We drive through Canada and, and, and we decided, hey, you know, we're going to stay on the Canadian side of the border. And, and, and so uh, we find a motel, not a hotel. There's a difference between a hotel and a motel. And, uh, and when you're newlyweds and you don't have a lot of money, motel is the way to go. And if, you're in, if you've been in Niagara Falls, on the Canadian side, it's very much of a tourist trap, okay? Let's just be honest, okay? It's kind of a tourist trap, and, and they've kind of commercialized, unfortunately, in my opinion, they've commercialized Niagara Falls. And so, but we just stayed on the Canadian side, and we found one of those cheap motels right there, not far, not, you know, real close walk, you know, to the... Uh, to the falls, right next to Ripley, believe it or not, you know, and, and all that crazy stuff that they've got downtown Niagara Falls in Canada. And uh, we found, I, I think the name of the motel was the Pilgrim's Inn, okay? I think that's pretty close to what it was. It was something like that, the Pilgrim's Inn. And uh, I was like, hey, we're going we're gonna to stay here, and, um, and we're in the motel, and uh, we're going to stay there for two nights. And, and, the, and the, you know, we, we spend the night, we wake up in the morning, and uh, while we're getting ready, uh, we noticed that the power of the motel went out. I said, what's just happened? And so I thought maybe, we, first of all, I thought it was our, our, 
uh, up at our hotel room. And so we, we you know, tried to call, and the, and the phone line was down. So I actually walked down. And I noticed walking down to the, to the lobby that it wasn't just our room, but it was the entire motel. The entire motel was tripped. I said, what, what's just going on here? We lost power. And, 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 the, and the lobby people said, oh, it's okay. We're going we're gonna to reset the breakers. I said, okay, that's crazy. And so we come back in, and, and, and sure enough, the power comes on, and we get back to ready. And, and then it went off again, and we're like, what is going on with this motel? And to find out what was going on, Karen kept tripping the breakers with the hairdryer. <laughs> Every time she turned the hairdryer, we would lose power, not just for the room, but for the whole motel. And I said, what is going on? And so we, we had to stop. I said, Karen, you just got to stop, you know, getting yourself ready. It's not going to work in this motel. And, and that was the situation. When you overload an electrical outlet, you trip the circuit breaker. And here's the thing. It, it does no good to reset the breaker if you don't disconnect unnecessary things. Because you can keep, you know, setting or resetting the breaker, but if you don't unplug unnecessary things, you're just going to keep tripping tripping the, the breakers. And, and here's what we're talking about. We're talking about resetting. And, uh, and, and, and we want to reset our lives. We want to talk about what it means to reset the church. In other words, we want to talk about what it means to start over when everything has fallen apart. Resetting. And that means that there might be some things in this time of reset that we need to unplug. We've got some unnecessary things in your life, in my life, in the life of a church, in the kingdom that we might be thinking we're doing, but there's some things that we have called to overload. And I believe that God is allowing a reset for a reason, a reason in our life and reason in your life. And that means that there are some things that we need to disconnect. There are some things in our life that's overloading the circuit breaker. And we need to start over. We need to start over. And resetting is what God, what we talked about last week, he, this is what he does best. He specializes in resetting. And the good news is that the resetting, it's always for your benefit and for God's glory. Now, again, our struggle is we like to go back to the familiar. You know, we like to say, man, I, used to, I like to go back to where it was four months ago. And, and, but when you reset, it's not going back to the familiar, but resetting to what God wants for our lives. A reset sets things back to the way they're supposed to be. And as followers of Jesus, we have to move in the direction that God is leading us instead of moving back to where we want to go. We have to reset. And we said last week, that we reset with the power of the Holy Spirit. We reset with the power of the Holy Spirit. And then we look at two points real quickly, um, in case you missed it last week. We said in order for God to reset, sometimes he commands you and I to wait. We have to wait. We have to be patient. You know, if you ever do a, a, a reset on your phone, you have to wait. You know, you can't make a phone call. You know, you can't say, you know, I got to make a phone call now while it's in the reset mode. Well, it's resetting, it's resetting. You have to wait. And sometimes in the reset mode, 
We have to wait. We are commanded to wait. And then we look at a reset can sometimes be painful. No one likes to reset. It can be painful. You lose things sometimes. And, and, and so we have to understand that, that the reset necessary, but it's painful. Now, I want to get into week number two, and I, I want to catch this up. I want to read then at chapter one and look at the first uh, few verses here uh, in the book of Acts. And remember, Acts is written by a doctor, Dr. Luke. Luke wrote the gospel, and then he wrote the book of Acts. By the way, Luke was not an apostle. He was not one of the 12 disciples. He, was a, he, he, traveled, um, a lot. he traveled a lot with the apostle Paul, you know, but he witnessed the life of Christ. He was able to see everything. And, and in fact, he was uh, considered one of the 70 disciples. You know, some the, uh, tradition believed that he wasn't part of the 12, but he was part of the next tier, the next level down. And, and then uh, he was with the Apostle Paul, uh, even unto the day of his death. You know, you see him in, in the, in when he was uh, writing in Second uh, Timothy, where it was the last uh, letter that Paul wrote. He's in prison, and he said, hey, I, I'm all alone, but Luke, Dr. Luke is with me. And, and, and so Luke is, is the doctor who is a very committed follower of Jesus Christ. I mean, he loved the Lord Jesus. And, um, and I want to look at Acts chapter 1 again. Look at verse number 1. He said, in my former book, Theophilus, remember Theophilus means friend of God, friends of God or beloved by God. He said, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach. Until the day he was taken up to heaven, after giving instruction through the Holy Spirit to the apostles, he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proof that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. He said, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait. All right, he's in a reset mode. He said, you guys are going to wait. You're going to wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. What is he talking about? He's talking about the Holy Spirit. He said, for John baptized with water, but in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. We'll talk about that in just a few minutes. Verse number six, they gathered around him, I asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or date the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and then you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Verse number nine, he said this, after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes. And a cloud hid him from their sight. So if you're taking note, we're going to kind of continue along from, pick up from last week. If you're taking note, here's point number three. No great movement begins without the Holy Spirit. No great movement or reset begins without the Holy Spirit. In the resetting, 
were not alone. You might have felt like you've been alone in the quarantine life the past few months. But in the resetting, you and I were not alone. We depend on the power of the Holy Spirit to guide us, to direct us through the time of reset. Look at the promise of Jesus back in verse number 8. He said, you will receive power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Now, let's talk about that word power for just a minute. The word power, the word power means explosive change. Explosive change. We get the Greek word, the Greek word for the word power is the word dunamis. Dunamis. You know what that sounds like? We actually get an English word from there, and that's the word dynamite. Dynamite. Explosive change. Explosive change. And power can be used at least two different ways. Two different ways. It can be unleashed or it can be harnessed. That's important. We got to understand that. It can be unleashed power. Or it could be harnessed power. For example, the energy in a 10 gallon, in 10 gallons of gasoline, in a 10 gallon gasoline can, right? It, the, the energy can be released explosively by dropping a match in that can. I mean, you'll get a nice big explosion. And that's great, right? You know, some of us, you like, you like explosions. You know, you like, you not like blowing things up. And, uh, and so, you know, and you see that. But it can also be channeled. It can also be channeled through the engine of a car in a controlled burn and used to transport a car, a person, 350 miles. Explosion. That can be spectacular. That can be amazing. But controlled burns. They have a lasting effect. They have staying power. And the Holy Spirit, he works in both ways. You see him sometimes when he unleashes, you know, explosive power, but sometimes he controls that explosive power for the long haul. At first, we see this at Pentecost. We'll talk about Pentecost. This is the moment. This is after the waiting. Jesus told the disciples, hey, you're going to wait for the Spirit of God. Now, they wait for nine days. They wait for nine days in the upper room. And then the Holy Spirit came upon them. Uh, remember, they were supposed to be receivers before they become achievers. So they would say, hey, you're going to wait to receive power. And, and, and that happened on day of Pentecost. Now, Pentecost was actually a Jewish holiday called the Feast the feast of 50. And always celebrated 50 days after the Passover. But Jesus died on Passover. And then 50 days later, the word Pentecost, it means 50. The word Pente, it's it, it, the word for 50. Or the Feast of 50. And on Pentecost, the Holy Spirit... He came in and exploded. He exploded on the thing. And, and, and we see this in Acts chapter 2, that, that his presence was like a, a mighty 
rushing windstorm, and, and, and then tons of fire, and then thousands, in Acts chapter 2, thousands were affected by one burst of God's power. We also work through the church, and this is the institution that God began to tap the Holy Spirit power, and this is what I call Pentecost. Pentecost is the birthday of the church. And, and, and God established the church on Pentecost and tapped the Holy Spirit power for the long haul. And through worship, fellowship, and service, Christians are provided with the long-staying power of God. And with this power within the reset, that enable the church to move forward, to move forward. Now, let's, let's talk about this, Holy Spirit. You know, ever since the day of Pentecost, every Christian believer is indwelled to the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in your life. This is what it means to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, a lot of people get confused by these terminologies. You know, some say, well, I've been baptized with water. And, 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 and that is a picture of your decision that you made with Jesus Christ, an inward commitment of having Jesus come in your life. And you get baptized, and basically you're saying, hey, I believe that Jesus died, was buried, and rose again. You were baptized with water. It's a picture of your decision. But being baptized by the Holy Spirit is a whole different meaning. It doesn't mean you get baptized with water. Being baptized with the Holy Spirit, you're being indwelled indwelling of the Holy Spirit coming in your life. And so when does that happen? It happens when you ask Jesus Christ to come into your life. You see, when you ask him to come in your heart, the moment you've asked him to come in your heart and to become resident of your life, the Holy Spirit, he comes inside of you and he lives within you. The Holy Spirit, that, this is what Jesus promised to the, to the disciples. Hey, I'm going to be gone, but I'm sending my Holy Spirit. And listen, it can be better. It can be a lot better than me being around because the Holy Spirit will live within you. And he will, he will guide you. He will, he will lead you. He will convict you. He will show you the steps that you need to take. He will help you to understand the word of God. That, he will convict you of sin. You know that you've done wrong. That's the Holy Spirit. He will live within you. And that's the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. My friend, if you're here today and you have Jesus Christ in your heart, you've become a Christian, you've become a follower of God, you have the Holy Spirit living inside your life. And for some of you today, this, is, this, is a, this may be an eye-opener for you because you had no idea. But the Holy Spirit lives within you. Now, there are times, however, as a, as a follower of Christ, there are times when we are low on the presence of God. We're low on the power of God in our lives. And this is what we talk about from time to time, that you need to be filled with the power of God. Now, that's a different terminology. First, you have the, the Holy Spirit inside of you. That's the indwelling. But you can have the Holy Spirit and be on empty with the power of God. You can be on E. You, you have, you know, like a car, you've got the gas tank, 
You know, you've got, some, you've got the mechanism to give you the power, but if it's low on gas, you're not going to go far. We have the person of Jesus, of the Holy Spirit inside of you, but if you're not filled with his power, you're not going to go far in your Christian walk with Jesus Christ. I want to look at Ephesians chapter 5. This is very important. Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 15. The Apostle Paul said this. It said, be, be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. He said, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. So live wisely. Life is short. Play hard, live wisely. That's what he's saying here. Live wisely. Take every opportunity and make the most of it for God. Verse number 17. He said, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. We have a responsibility as followers of Christ to, to understand God's plan, God's will for your life. It's foolish to ignore the will of God. It is foolish living. We are to drive to seek the will of God. Verse number 18, this is very important. It, it sounds like it's trying to change topic, but it's very important and it connects it to this whole passage. It said, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. And in some translations, which leads to excess. And that word means to be wasted. To be wasted. He said, he said do not get drunk on wine, which leads to wasteful living. Instead, be filled, there's that word, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. You see, whenever... Whenever you and I are under the influence of something else, all right, and, and the Apostle Paul used an example of alcohol. He said the abuse of alcohol would lead to drunkenness, would lead to wasteful living. He said that, that's an example, but we, we can, in a, in a larger context, you can be drunk on entertainment. You can be drunk on your own personal pursuit. What leads to excess, what leads to debauchery, what leads to wasteful living. You see, we have a responsibility to understand the will of God, and you can't do it, you can't find the will of God and seek the will of God if you are wasting your life on the things of the world. That's what Paul is trying to, to, to get us to understand here. He said, don't, don't be intoxicated, don't be influenced of something else. Because when you are, you cannot participate in God's purpose and plan for your life. No one has ever done God's will while they're wasted. While they're wasted. Paul said, don't be wasted. But instead, he said, be filled up with the Holy Spirit. That's the key. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. In the, in the Greek translation, it could be translated to be constantly filled Constantly filled with the Holy Spirit. And that word filled in this verse, in the Greek uh, tense, at the, in the verb tense, you, you understand past, present, and future tense when you were in English class. Remember, past tense, 
present tense, and future tense. And the Greek verb, there's actually six different tenses, and each one of those tenses got a little bit more variation, a little more complicated than our English class, okay? And, and, and so in this present, in, in this tense, in the Greek language, it's the present imperative. The present imperative. And you say, okay, so what? What does that mean? And let me tell you what that means. I'll give you several ideas here. And sign your notes, but if you want to scribble it down, what, what does it mean to be filled? It's the present imperative. It, it, it's number one, it's something that God is requiring of you. It's something that God requiring you. It's not, man, that sounds like a great idea. No, I'll give it some thought. That's not what that means. Being constantly filled with the Holy Spirit is a command, a command from God. It's an imperative from God. He's not asking you to think about it. He's he, asking you to do it. It's asking you to do it. Here's a, here's a, no, the present imperative, constantly filled. It's absolutely essential to you. It's, it's essential to us. See, none of us can live the Christian Unless you are constantly filled with the Holy Spirit. You can be a Christian, but you may not walk it and talk it unless you're filled with the Spirit of God. None of us can get along with each other unless you are constantly filled with the Holy Spirit. Some of the sweetest people I know won't even hurt a fly. I mean, they're kind. And you get to talk to them. You say, man, that person walking with God is filled with the Holy Spirit. They're filled with the Spirit of God. None of us can fulfill God's purpose in your life unless you're constantly filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And then here's the third idea. It's always ongoing, the present tense. That's a present imperative. And the word present means not just a one-time action, but a, an action that keeps repeating itself. It keeps going and going and going. It doesn't mean that you do it once a month or every full moon that you get filled with the power of God. That's not what it means. It doesn't mean that every once in a while, maybe at a special service at church. That's not what it means. It doesn't mean a one-time event that you did a long time ago in high school or college. No, it means always. It's like breathing. You're always breathing, right? And, and, and just like you're always breathing, you should always be constantly filled with the Holy Spirit. Not just for the guy who preaches and teaches the Word of God. Not just for pastors, evangelists, missionaries. It's for every person, every person who's walking the Christian life. This is for those who work in the banks. This is for those who work in the grocery stores and retail. This is for those who work in the offices, outside. This is for everybody who's walking the Christian walk. And for some of you, this is the key to unlock the door. You say, man, God, I believe in God. I believe in Jesus Christ. I've asked him to come to my life. I believe I have the Holy Spirit in my life. You know, I have a Bible. I go to church. But my life is as flat as a pancake. And maybe that's where you're at today. Maybe in the last few months, you should feel like, Man, I feel like I'm flat in my spiritual walk. My friend, you need a reset. And the opportunity is there for you to be constantly filled up and to be intoxicated with the Spirit of God. Not it's L-U-I, not D-U-I. 
He said, Al, you're right with that. Living under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Living under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And what the constantly filled up, he says, okay, Scott, how do I do this? And it's simply us asking the Holy Spirit to be in control of our lives. Every day when you wake up, you say, God, come to my life and, and fill me with your power. Fill me with your presence. Every day. Paul asked a question in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. He said, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Whom you have received from God? Paul said, aren't, aren't you aware that the Holy Spirit is living inside your life. And for some of you, this has become an issue of, you just need to be aware. You just had no idea that you've got this amazing power. Explosive power and, and unharnessed power living inside your life. And you just need to be aware. And, and once you're aware of it, say, God, I need you today. And when you wake up in the morning on your way to work and say, God, I need your presence to fill my life. I need you to be in control. I want to live under your influence and not the influence of the world. I want to be guided by not my impulse, not my feeling, not my thought. But God, I want to be guided by you. And when we live through the Holy Spirit, it helps us to understand the will of God. And for some of you, the past few months, some of you have called me, some of you emailed me and said, hey, you know, God is working in my heart. I got used to the familiar. I, I started chasing so many other things, and God has allowed me to be still. Not by, not by uh, choice, but you know, but I was forced to be still. But in those moments, I understand that I need to draw back to him. There's some things I need to unplug, because God can't do anything uh, he can't begin to do a movement in your heart until you let the Holy Spirit take over. Unless you let him and you ask him to fill you and to lead you. I love what Vance Havner said. He's one of my favorite old, old, old time pastors. Passed away years ago. In fact, he was the mentor for Billy Graham. He, he taught Billy Graham in Bible college. That's how old the guy is. And uh, he said this. He said, we're not going to move this world by criticism of it nor conformity to it, but by the combustion within it of lives ignited by the Spirit of God. Wow. That, that God wants you. Stop being so critical. Stop living like the world. If you want a real change, allow the Holy Spirit to live within you. And people will be affected by the change in your life. You will be affected. No great movement begins without the Holy Spirit. My friend, today, some of you, first of all, you need the resonance of Jesus in your life. Before the Holy Spirit can come in, you need Jesus to come in your life. If you're watching, you say, man, I need to know Jesus. Because when you know Jesus, then he begins to unleash the power that's available through his 
through the Holy Spirit. And first of all, there may be some of you right now step today to ask Jesus to come into your life. Now, second, another step for some of you, you've got Jesus in your life, but you've been living your life on empty. You've been living your life on E. You're not going nowhere. Your life, like I said, is as flat as a pancake. And there's some things that you need to unplug. Because you keep tripping the breakers over and over and over again. You're getting nowhere. There's some things you need to unplug from this world and your life. It may not be a bad, it may not be a sinful things. It may be something that you just need to cast off because it's holding you down. Might be a good thing. That, but I always say that the good is the enemy of the best. And some of you allow the good things to rob you of the best things. I need to unplug. And you just simply ask God. You say, God, I know you're in my heart. I'm aware of the Holy Spirit now. I'm aware of his presence in my life. But, man, God, I need to be filled with his power. I need you in my life. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the power of your word, that we can receive power. God, I pray that, first of all, we're aware of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And for a follower of Christ, help us to unplug the things that are unnecessary in our lives, which lead to wasteful living. But help us to be living under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Help us every day cry out to you, to call out your name. Help us to guide our steps. God, help us to listen to the Holy Spirit. Help us to follow your lead. Not my feeling, not my impulse. God, we want to follow you. Help us to listen and to be still and to know that you and you alone are God. And so God, I pray that today challenge our heart. I pray that today you challenge the way we live. During this time of the unknown, help us to know this, that there is a Holy Spirit living inside of us who wants to do so much more, who has so much power that he's ready to unleash, but so many of us put a lid on the power of God in our lives. We put a lid on the way we live because we've been influenced by so many other things of this world. We're influenced by by entertainment. We're influenced by money. We're influenced by, by our own personal pursuit and promotions of life, God, that we forget that the greatest thing we can pursue, the greatest thing that we should go after is to go after you and to follow you in our steps. I pray you help us as we reset to follow after the Holy Spirit.